Hello and welcome again to the International Soccer Podcast by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Kira. Today we are doing Group F of African Cup 2023 qualifying, which is already underway. Yes, uh, actually we did a series at the beginning of the year when the uh, African Cup 2021 was on in 2022. And... that was done in January. So we'll be changing our format a little bit as a result. Uh, rather than repeating what we podcasted there, uh, we'll be providing a link in the show notes as well as the times at which which each team is discussed in that podcast. So interested listeners can go to uh, uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. Uh, we'll give uh, a clearer links at the end. You can just search Soccer Files Canada soccer files with a ph we'll talk about that at the end again and if you click on the show notes uh you can get links to the podcast and the times the teams are discussed so uh in this group it's only algeria that was in that cup so uh the previous podcast was only done for algeria yeah so that information um is a more detailed world cup overview um, for Algeria, and then a detailed look at the finals of African Cup tournaments, which we'll only cover briefly here. Um, so this time we'll be focusing on African Cup qualifying campaigns and recent history. And then for the teams that weren't covered in that earlier set of podcasts, uh, we'll do a more complete World Cup history here. Right. So we've divided basically the podcast into three sections. Uh, how about part one, Kiera? So part one, we'll look at who's in the group, which pot they came from, and some geographical information about each country. Right. And in part two, that's the longest part. It's a team-by-team overview with a quick review of their participation and major achievements, uh, an overview of their African Cup history, and uh, the main focus of this podcast, a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history, and then finishing with a summary and a sense of their recent form. Uh, Added to this is a brief look at their players, especially who has been scoring for them. But then uh, for Algeria there, there's also a player podcast available that was done in January, which is kind of a deep dive into their players. Part three of this podcast will be a comparison of the teams through their head-to-head meetings and their FIFA and ELO rankings. And this will launch us into a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. Um, And we can check how accurate we are by checking the first two sets of the six set qualification, which took place in June. And only one of us has looked at the results. So some predictions will be made and then we'll see how accurate they are. Right. So you know what happened uh, here? Yes. Okay. And I have uh, have remained in the dark just to make this podcast a bit more interesting. Okay. And then at the end, again, we'll provide the links uh, to those who want to delve into more history on the teams. And um, that will be in the show notes. Okay, let's uh, move on to part one then, the kind of the introduction of the teams. So the four teams are Algeria from pot one, Uganda from pot two, or Niger. Let's talk about the pronunciation, uh, Kiera. What do you know? Um, Well, the French pronunciation seems to be the main one that um that we can find so niger is is what seems to be the most common even in even for english speakers 
Yeah, that's what I've found too. So we'll we'll go with Niger, but um, um, I wonder if I will always remember. And uh, that's part three. And Tanzania is coming from part four. All right, so let's uh, do a little bit of geography for each of the countries. And uh, I'll just say Algeria is a country in uh, Northwest Africa. Yeah, so it's actually... Um... First in Africa in terms of size at um, a little over 2 million square kilometers and has a population of 44.7 million as of 2021, which is the eighth largest in Africa. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was actually the largest there. Okay. Uh, next country is Uganda. Um, so Uganda is like a small to mid-sized country in the central east part of Africa. Um, it's got a size of 241,000 square kilometers, um, so 33rd in Africa, and has a population of 42.9 million um, as of 2021, which is ninth in terms of population. Okay, and actually it's not a very big country. It's right in the center of Africa, and it has Lake Victoria uh, to the southeast there. So uh, it seems like a fairly crowded country there, Kiara. Mm-hmm. And uh, Niger may be the opposite. Uh, Niger is located in northwest Africa. Yeah, and is is quite a bit larger. So it is um, a little over a million square kilometers. So the sixth largest in Africa with a population of 24.1 million. So a lot bigger land, but uh, a lot smaller in population. Yeah, I think a lot of that is uh, Sahara Desert, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and finally, Tanzania. Tanzania is on the east east side of Africa. Yeah, and so it's uh, 945,000 square kilometers, so the 13th largest in Africa, with a population of 59.7 million um, as of 2020, so the sixth largest population on the continent. All right, and uh, they actually border Uganda. They are on the southeast uh, of Uganda, so uh, Lake Victoria is kind of between them for most of the border there. And uh, I think it is time to do a quick comparison uh, just so we can see how they are in relation to each other. Yeah, I'll let you go through that. Oh, okay. So uh, in terms of size, uh, we saw that Algeria is the biggest country in Africa. Uh, to my surprise, Niger is the sixth biggest. So they're also uh, quite large. And Uganda is is fairly uh, sorry uh, Tanzania uh, also fairly large they're thirteenth in Africa and then Uganda is by far the smallest of them uh, the thirty third in Africa in terms of population uh, Niger is the smallest with twenty four million Algeria and Uganda are very similar uh, both with about forty three million and Tanzania is the biggest did you know that. No, I didn't. With 59 or almost 60 million. Yeah, that's more than I realized. Yeah, I, I, I always knew they're kind of a larger country than than their reputation. Um, they're not a huge soccer country, but uh, I didn't realize that both Niger and Tanzania were that big in Africa. Okay, well, that's it for the geography section. And we're going to move on to part two the team-by-team team overview. And we begin with a nickname. How about Algeria? So um, Algeria has a few nicknames. Um, they're known as the Desert Foxes or the Fennec Foxes. Um, they're also known as the Green or the Desert Warriors. 
Oh, okay. Uh, Desert Foxes, I think, is the one I hear the most. And let's begin with a, an overview of their participation here. So uh, Algeria first entered the African Cup in 1968 and the World Cup in 1970, participating uh, consistently in each after joining. And uh, how about achievement? Um, so in terms of achievement, they have reached the World Cup four times, passing the group stage in 2014, and they've won the African Cup twice in 1990 when they hosted and in 2019. Right. Okay. Well, uh, we kind of given it away there, but uh, they did win a recent African Cup. Uh, now, we won't go into detail on their World Cup uh, because that was done in a previous podcast and you can find a link in the show notes, but we will cover their most recent campaign in 2022. Yeah, so um, they received a buy in round one of three. This is the preliminary round for the bottom 28, 28 ranked teams. And so they were above that. So they didn't have to play in that first round. Um, they then tied Burkina Faso uh, home and away, um, but were then more consistent in winning all games against Niger and Djibouti and finished first in round two of three. Yes, they did. And uh, against Djibouti in that big 8 nothing win, uh, Islam Slimani scored four of the goals on to the final round. Yeah, in round three, they beat Cameroon one nothing in the away leg of the final playoff, but lost by that same score at home. Um, they seem to have won their spot in the World Cup on an extra time goal in the 118th minute. But then they gave up a goal in the 120th minute, allowing Cameroon to snatch the advancing spot on the away goals rule. Ooh, yeah, I'll bet you they probably uh, thought it was going to penalties. And what an ending to that game. It reminds me of uh, 2010 in Egypt, where it was a kind of a similar really tight finish uh, to World Cup qualifying. That time they got through. This time it looks like they were the victims of it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, take a look at their uh, African Cup history. Again, we won't do the overview because that was done in a previous podcast and the link will be available. So we're going to move right to uh, their African Cup qualifying history in detail. And we've divided it into three sections here. The first part is uh, the beginning until 1980. So here we go. The first qualification was in 1968 and it was a very good one winning all games over Mali and Upper Volta. Upper Volta is now called Burkina Faso, and qualifying for that cup in 1968. But they would have to wait until 1980 for their next cup, uh, despite coming close several times. They did well to get past Morocco in a tough first round in 1970, but fell to Egypt, uh, undefeated uh, in both legs, though, at home. In the next three campaigns, they were knocked out at the first step, falling to the sword of Morocco in 1972, Uganda, who they meet here, in 1974. Uh, that included a bye in round one. And Tunisia in 1976. They made it past the first round with Kenya in 1980, but fell to Zambia. Uh, both teams winning 2-0 at home, but uh, they lost then uh, on penalties in the end. So the next... Uh, uh, sorry, I made a mistake there. That was 1978, that last uh, one to Zambia, not 1980. Okay. Um, so 1980 is the next next section. So kind of right. the next stage is 1980 to 2004. 
1980, they received a bye in their first round and then beat Libya on goal difference in round two. Um, it wasn't an auspicious beginning to a second place finish in the cup and a string of successful qualifications until 2004, um, although disqualification left them out in 1994. 1982 featured crushing home victories, 5-1 uh, over Mali and 7-0 over Upper Volta. Uh, they did lose 3-0 to Mali at home, but it didn't matter. Uh, 1984 saw them undefeated against Benin um, and Senegal for the third cup, earning top four finishes in the last three cups. Uh, undefeated qualifications continued until 1990, where they hosted the cup and qualified automatically, and which they won to earn automatic qualification in 1992. 1994 was a good qualification, uh, bested by Sierra Leone, who finished on top, but earning second and an advancing position. However, they were ruled to have fielded an ineligible player in the final game, a 4-0 home win over Senegal, so they were disqualified. They came back in 1996, uh, the cup now expanding to 16 teams, and went undefeated in a 16 uh, group, except for an away loss to the unlikely Tanzania. Uh, six draws, though, did see them finishing in second behind Egypt, but they advanced nonetheless. 1998 was less convincing, winning all at home, but only earning a draw on the road against Benin. Second place, good enough to advance there, though. Um, the weaknesses borrowed in the cup where they lost all games and continued into the 2000 campaign where they earned a record of only two wins, one tie and three losses. Fully eight points behind Tunisia and tied with Liberia advancing in second uh, on a better goal difference. So that was certainly a dip in performance around the turn of the century, um, but they looked better in 2002, finishing first, even if tied on points with Burkina Faso. And in 2004, an easy campaign with Chad and Namibia. Uh, tough times lay ahead though, and I'll let you talk about those. Okay, yeah. So uh, just uh, the main takeaway there is that uh, they qualified every time from 1980 to 2004. Even the year they disqualified, they won qualification and were disqualified uh, after, after. so a very good uh, run there. But uh, as Kiera uh, hinted, uh, it got a bit worse after that. So let's look from 2006 to 2017. 2006 was a ghastly World Cup campaign, finishing fifth of sixth in their group. Uh, behind Zimbabwe and Gabon. Uh, that that World Cup qualification was also the qualifier for the 2006 African Cup, so they suffered their first failure to qualify since 1978. And, uh, oh, horrors of horrors, they also failed in 2008, finishing second behind Guinea with only the top team advancing. Uh, their dramatic World Cup 2020, sorry, 2010 campaign uh, I mentioned it, uh, their memorable battle with Egypt was easily enough to qualify them for the 2010 African Cup, and they finished fourth there. But it didn't stop the rot, as they suffered their third non-qualification in four editions uh, when they finished in a group in 2012 behind Central African Republic. It was a really in inconsistent campaign. Uh, they beat winners Morocco at home, but tied Tanzania and finished behind Central African Republic. Uh, a feeble team, actually. Uh, the <laughs> Temporarily turned giant slayers because uh, they beat out Algeria here and would go on to knock Egypt out uh, of a preliminary round in the 2013 Cup. Uh, Algeria lost uh, to them uh, in the away leg here. 
Uh, Algeria won all qualifying games and Gambia over Libya in the 2013 qualifying. Uh, that cup was kind of famous for being a very quick qualification where they just did a couple of quick knockout rounds and um, uh, Algeria reached the 2013 cup, but they were poor in the actual cup. However, they rediscovered their form in 2015, suffering only a loss in Mali that year uh, and a tie in Ethiopia in 2017, 2017 uh, meant they finished first in both, both of those years. Uh, let's see if they kept up this form in 2019. So in 2019, um, they had an unconvincing qualification, tying third place Gambia twice on an injury time goal in the home leg and losing away to second place Benin. Uh, nevertheless, they finished first in the qualifying group, beating a weakening Togo twice. Yeah, uh, Benin was held to Benin held on to a single goal, just uh, scored 15 minutes in, and they beat uh, Algeria. Uh, even though they got a red card at 54, so a good result for Benin at home there. Mm -hmm. um, if we move to the group stage, uh, they were far more convincing, where they beat Kenya and Senegal, allowing them to field a B team to beat Tanzania and finish first in the group stage. Uh, with a seemingly impenetrable defence, they finished first in the group stage ahead of top-seeded Senegal. They beat Guinea in the round of 16, and then in the quarterfinal, beat Ivory Coast on penalties, they beat Nigeria in the semis and then in the final, Senegal, on a single goal at two minutes to win their second title. Right. So actually, both of the finalists, they're coming from the uh, same group, which was bad luck for uh, Kenya and Tanzania, uh, who were grouped with them. Let's see if they were able to keep up that uh, winning form in 2021. So in 2021, they had a consistent and comfortable qualification, suffering only ties in second place Zimbabwe and third place Zambia. They won both games against Botswana to finish a distant first in the qualifying group. The tournament, however, was a disaster, beginning with a draw against the weak Sierra Leone. It got worse from there, losing to Equatorial Guinea and then to Ivory Coast, where three nothing down, their only goal of the tournament was a consolation at the 73rd minute. Wow, well, pretty pretty bad follow up to uh, uh, to their to their title win, and actually kind of brings a question mark into the into this qualification. Hey, yeah, I would say so. All right, let's take a look at some of their key players. Yeah, the two um, that are standing out to me as their top goal scorers are Riyad Mahrez and Baghdad Bunejad. Sorry, Bunejad. There we go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have so many players. Um, uh, we mentioned Islam Slimani, uh, who scored uh, four goals against Djibouti, and uh, Sofiane Faguli is another big scorer. Uh, they really have talent all over the field. I should say that their really experienced goalie, uh, Rias Mboli, uh, may be retired. He uh, did play in the African Cup, but he's 36 years old, uh, 36 years old now. Uh, on defense, they have uh, Rami Bensabeni, who plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach. He is probably their best-known defender. And uh, in the midfield, they have 24-year-old uh, Ismail uh, Benasser, who plays for Milan. Uh, but again, they're just uh, filled with talent, especially uh, in the front line. Uh, there, uh, another player, Adam Unas, who 
who made an impression on me in 2019 is now with Napoli. And uh, yeah, as Piera mentioned, some of the some of the very well-known names there. Um, yeah, great, very talented team. So especially uh, disappointing in 2021 with that kind of talent. Yeah. Let's move on to a, a summary then. Uh, in summary, they had two strong periods uh, in the 1980s. Uh, sorry, the 1980s followed a very weak start over the previous 10 years, but it saw success in both World and African Cups. Uh, they were quite flat in the 90s, reaching at best the quarterfinals uh, of the African Cup until 2010, where they started a good, uh, if inconsistent, period uh, with success in both Cups. Uh, it continued only in World Cup play uh, until uh, 2014. They did a good job in the World Cup, but it fell off in 2018. But then they came out of a slump there to win the African Cup final, as we saw. Yeah, inconsistency seems to be their defining feature, especially in these past 10 years. Uh, the World Cup success in 2010 and 2014, as you mentioned, um, was only reflected by a slight rise in the African Cup performance um, in 2010. Uh, but while they impressed on the world stage in 2014, they remained blasé in the African Cup play. Conversely, with a terrible World Cup campaign in 2018, it was followed by that 2019 African Cup win, uh, which itself was followed by a hide your face group last place finish at the, in 2021. So it's hard to know which version of Algeria to expect going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we get into the into the analysis, we'll see they should easily be winning this group. But, you know, flops like that in 2018 and 2021 uh, make them seem a bit vulnerable, even against weaker teams. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that concludes our look at uh, um, Algeria. And we are going to move on to Uganda here. And uh, what about a nickname? So their nickname is the Cranes, um, which comes from the bird that appears on their flag. So it does. All right. Uh, well, we'll start with their participation and achievements over the years. So Uganda is a, ser uh, a senior team in Africa, entering their first African Cup in 1962, although it took until 1978 to join their first World Cup. Uh, their participation in both is patchy, until as late as uh, the 1994 World Cup, from which they withdrew. Uh, but they did have a long string of uh, participation, uh, consistent participation in African Cups from 1965 to 1978, before withdrawing twice in the early 80s and once in 1990. Uh, but from 1992, they have uh, uh, been consistent in participation in the African Cup and from 1998 in the World Cup. Uh, in terms of achievement, Uganda has never qualified for a World Cup and have only twice reached the final round of World Cup qualification. Um, their long history in the African Cup has seen qualification for only seven of the 27 editions they entered. And their best results are fourth in 1962 and second in 1978. That's right. Okay, well, we are going to look in... Uh, at their World Cup and African Cup overviews, uh, since they weren't covered when we did the uh, African Cup earlier this year. So we'll begin with a kind of an overview of their uh, World Cup. And actually they're far from reaching the World Cup and have only made the final round twice. 
Uh, the first was in 2006, where they finished last in the 16 group. Before that, they had fallen in the first round about half the time. Uh, most recently in, 20, in 2010, a group stage where they finished third behind Benin and Angola. Uh, 2014 was better, finishing ahead of Angola this time, but well behind Senegal. Uh, and 2018 saw them not only reaching the final round, but proving very competitive with Egypt and Ghana. Uh, they finished a second in between them, though uh, four points behind Egypt in the end, uh, Egypt advancing to the World Cup there. Let's take a look at their most recent campaign uh, following that good one in 2018. Yeah, so their 2022 World Cup um, qualifying, they received a bye in round one of three, um, which was that preliminary round. So they were not one of the bottom 28 ranked teams. Um, they were bested by group winner Mali and were embroiled in a fight in the middle, uh, tying Kenya twice. Um, they had no problem with Rwanda, who they beat twice to finish a distant second in round two of three. Yes, okay. And uh, so not as uh, impressive as 2018, but pretty competitive there. Mm -hmm. uh, but Mali proving better. Uh, let's take a look at the African Cup history uh, first with an overview. So they took fourth place in the 1962 African Cup, which was no great feat since there were only four teams involved in the Cup. Uh, they reached the tournament four times after that, including three times in a row from 1974 to 1978. They were knocked out at the group stage in the first two of these, uh, the cup seeming a bit too rich for them as they earned only a single draw over those uh, six games of two cups. However, 1978 saw them not only passing the group stage in first place ahead of Morocco and Tunisia, but beating Nigeria in the semi-final and reaching the final where they lost to Ghana. I believe Ghana was hosting uh, was hosting there, so really good success around that time. Actually, that success tracked the rise, the rise and uh, fall of General Idi Amin uh, in 1975. Uh, sorry, 1979. And following his fall, they withdrew from the following two competitions. Uh, despite consistent participation after that, it took until 2017 to reach the cup again. But they proved weak at that level in 2017, uh, earning only a draw at the group stage. So that's an overview of their African Cup. And we're going to look into detail in qualifying, which is kind of the focus of this podcast. So I'll do uh, section one from the beginning until 1978. So their first qualification was in 1962 when there were still few teams competing. A single knockout with Kenya was all they had to do to reach the cup uh, that year, and they did. Uh, however, they made a meal of it, uh, each team winning one nothing in the away leg, which is pretty rare in Africa. Uh, the procedure at the time was to draw lots uh, to decide a winner. But interestingly, both of them requested uh, a game, made a request to CAF, uh, uh, asking for a game because they preferred to settle the matter on the field. And it seems like that set a precedent, and uh, and that was how um, ties were decided. 
after and they were given that permission here and Uganda won two nothing to qualify somehow they finagled to uh, have that game played in Uganda so that gave them an advantage okay in 1963 they withdrew and in 1965 they were part of a group qualification which is a bit unusual for this time uh, usually before 1992 it's uh, kind of a two-team knockout uh, Kenya was disqualified uh, blamed for fielding players that had already played for Uganda. Interestingly, uh, Kiera, they're disqualified for this tournament too. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Kenya was disqualified, but Uganda proved no match for Ethiopia and Sudan and finished behind them. Uh, the Cup expanded from four to eight teams in 1968, and Uganda beat Kenya in a preliminary Having lost to Egypt at home in the first leg of the next round, they benefited from Egypt withdrawing and thereby reached their second cup uh, in 1968. They proved weak in the following two campaigns, earning only a draw over two round uh, sets with Cameroon and Nigeria. Sorry, not, not Nigeria. Cameroon and Zaire. Uh, but in 1974, they reached the cup, winning a series of knockout runs over Somalia, Kenya, and even Algeria. They beat out Mauritius and Zambia in the following cup to make 1976 their fourth appearance. And in what became definable as a good period, they needed only to beat Ethiopia to reach the cup in 1978. Uh, and they did so, earning their third cup in a row and their best result, as we mentioned, with a second place finish. All right, that's the early years, and uh, Kenya is going to, oh, sorry, Kiara is going to take us from 1980 to 2000. Yeah, so um, that strong period that Kevin talked about ended abruptly when they withdrew from the next two cups, um, and they would not qualify again until 2017. 1984 saw them win a preliminary over Tanzania, but lose on away goals to Madagascar. Tanzania, however, defeated them in 1986, both... Uh, teams winning away, and Cameroon ousted them in 1988, and then they withdrew in 1990. In 1992, group qualification began as the Cup expanded to 12 teams. A third-place finish left, left them well short, uh, despite going undefeated at home. 1994 was closer as their only loss was in Nigeria, but second place was not good enough. Uh, it would have been in 1996 with the Cup expanding to 16 teams, and they went undefeated through a six-team qualification group, only to finish third behind Egypt and Algeria, tying the latter home and away. 1998 was a disappointing loss to Ethiopia in a preliminary round, tying both legs and going out on penalties. All right, so no qualifications in that period, and a fairly weak period, but, but with... Um... A couple of competitive campaigns. Let's see if they did better from 2000 to 2017. So they passed a preliminary over Rwanda in 2000, but finished last behind uh, uh, Liberia. Uh, weak performances continued, earning only a single draw in 2002 and losing twice to Togo. 2004 was better, though, as they bested Ghana, only to finish second behind the weak Rwanda. Their last place finish in the 2006 World Cup qualifying campaign excluded them from the African Cup that year because it was the qualifier. 
And the same uh, qualifying procedure in 2010 also left them short. In the middle in 2008, though, they won all home games and earned two out of three draws on the road for a solid second place. Unfortunately, it wasn't good enough and only first place Nigeria advanced. Uh, 2012 was also solid, but the same result, a second place finish and just a point behind Angola, uh, but Angola was the only team that advanced. In the quick knockout qualification that was 2013, they came back from a 3-1 defeat in Congo to win 4-0 at home and advanced to a third round where they and Zambia shared 1-0 home wins. Uh, it went to penalties and it took 20 penalties to decide the matter, but in the end, Zambia won 9-8, uh, most of those penalties being scored, it seems. Oh. Uh, by this point, they were unlucky to have not reached a cup, uh, not reached a recent cup. But uh, 2015 seemed to take them further away uh, as they finished third in their group. However, 2017 did yield results. Bested by first place Burkina Faso, they won all other games over the week Botswana and Comoros. And this time, second place was good enough to qualify for the cup. So let us see if they uh, kept up that form in 2019. They qualified in 2017 for the first time since uh, 1978. But would they be able to keep up that form? Yeah, so in 2019, um, they were bested in qualifying by second place Tanzania, but won both legs against Cape Verde and Lesotho um, to comfortably finish first in the qualifying group. They had a great start in the cup with an upset win over the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, an exciting game saw them tying an equally well-performing Zimbabwe, uh, but they finished second in the group stage, despite losing to host, host Egypt, who they finished behind uh, in their third game. Yeah, just uh, to jump in with one comment uh, on game two there, uh, Uganda and Zimbabwe, it was a thrilling game, uh, really good to watch, but uh, one of the parts that made it exciting was uh, so many missed opportunities, gaping opportunities in the second half uh, missed by both teams. Okay, um, on to the, uh, well, the final stages. Yeah, so um, in the round of 16, they were competitive with the eventual finalist Senegal, uh, but they did lose that game. Right, of course, because uh, Senegal made the final. All right, so uh, actually a good showing there, reaching the round of 16 in, in 2019. Let's see how they did in 2021. So uh, in the 2021 qualifying, they tied group winner Burkina Faso away in their opener and went undefeated at home, uh, tying them again and then beating Malawi and South Sudan. They only needed a draw in Malawi in the final game, but lost to finish third in the group stage. So. Oof. Yeah, disappointing for them not to reach the cup again as their second place seeding um, suggested that they should have. Yeah, I mean, uh, away games are always kind of tough in Africa. So even though Malawi is a weaker team, um, it's not really a surprise that they would lose in Malawi. But uh, too bad they could have made it to, well, that would have been three cups in a row, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to their players, uh, a look at their players. And any outstanding uh, players for you there, Kiara? Um, main scorers, uh, I'm seeing Emmanuel Akwi and Farouk Umaya. 
Yeah, those are actually both uh, familiar names to me. Interestingly, uh, Faruko, Faruku Maya, uh, it, well, he's registered with Oviv in the Ukraine. Uh, so I imagine um, he'll have to find another team uh, there. Uh, meanwhile, Emmanuel Okwi, to my surprise, is, uh, despite being only 29 years old, is playing in Rwanda. So I thought he would kind of be with a bigger country. Maybe uh, one other player to mention is a veteran. I thought he was a defender, but he's listed as a midfielder here. Uh, Khalid Aucho. I got a fun story about him. You want to hear? Yeah. I think it was in the 2019 African Cup. Uh, he was uh, going up for a header. I can't remember against which team it was, but uh, I kind of remember it being right in front of his own box and uh, a high ball was coming over and he was going up for a header and two players, huge players from the other team came in and, and crushed him, uh, uh, crushed him. And I had to laugh because it's a nominative determinism. Nominative determinism means when your name takes on greater meaning, uh, Khalid Aucho. So kind of an ouch getting crushed between two defenders. Uh, I'm amused by that story. Just as an overview of their team, they do have uh, players kind of playing all over the world. Uh, none of them with really big teams. Uh, actually, Khalid Aucho is one of the few who actually does play uh, in, in Tanzania. Uh, most of them play in Uganda, which seems to have a bigger league. But they do have players with uh, kind of smaller teams uh, in England, uh, one in America, uh, one in Egypt there. Actually, a couple of them play in America. And uh, we mentioned uh, teams like um, Lviv in, in Ukraine, which is not a top team there, one in Algeria too. So uh, they do get around, but uh, I would say even the players we mentioned are not uh, not really big names there uh, on, on kind of an international level. And uh, that is that is uh, Uganda. Let's go to a summary. Uh, like most African teams, they're strong at home, but it's actually particularly so in their case. Uh, they often go through qualification undefeated at home. Their few losses are more at the hands of middling teams, actually, uh, like South Africa, Togo, Rwanda, uh, teams like that. Uh, and they tend to do better against big teams like uh, Tunisia and Egypt. Uh, amazingly, uh, oh, I, I'll finish that list because it describes every loss they've ever had at home. Uh, South Africa, Togo twice, Rwanda, Tanzania, Kenya, Zaire, and Angola, the only teams they've lost to at home. Uh, and their recent improvement could be put down to uh, better form on the road. So it seems to come down uh, to road performance with Uganda. Yeah, they have been growing more competitive in recent years and were on the verge of reaching the African Cup for three editions um, until doing so in 2017 and 2019. Um, they looked out of their league in the 2017 finals, but passed the group stage in 2019, beating the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, they rarely reached the final rounds of World Cup qualifying, but did so in 2018 and were very competitive, finishing ahead of Ghana. So this suggests improvement, which may see them challenging teams at the top level. Yeah, well, they uh, reached a couple of African Cups recently, and so we may see them more in the expanded edition. 
All right, that's the end of Uganda. Am I going to go on to Niger? Uh, how about a nickname? So their nickname, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Mina, uh, which is a kind of antelope. It is, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I, I, I acted like I knew that, but but I didn't. It's, it's news to me. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at their participation and achievements. Uh, or Niger uh, began qualification for the African Cup in 1970 and the World Cup in 1978. Their participation was very patchy from then until 2004, uh, only entering about half the time. However, since 2004, they've participated consistently in both Cups. Uh, in terms of achievement, they have never reached the World Cup and truthfully have never come really close. Um, that was true of the African Cup until two surprising qualifications in a row in 2012 and 2013, um, although they didn't pass the group stage in either tournament. Right. Okay. Well, we uh, did not cover Niger in tw in earlier this year for the African Cup, so we are going to take a, an overview of their World Cup and their African Cup before looking at qualification in detail. So for the World Cup, their most competitive qualification was in 1982, where they beat Somalia and Togo to reach the third of four rounds of qualification. Uh, they lost to Algeria at that stage, but they did win the home leg. Uh, 1980, uh, sorry, 1994 was also a good year, tying Ivory Coast at home and finishing just a point behind them although that was in round one of two, so they didn't make the final round. Uh, otherwise, they've collected some decent results at home, uh, teams like the Ivory Coast and Uganda, but it's not consistent, and they are far from being a fortress like we said Uganda was. Uh, they've never reached the final round of qualification. Let's see if they managed in 2022. Um, so in 2022, they did receive a bye in the first round. So they were not one of the bottom 28 ranked teams required to play in that preliminary knockout round. Um, they managed to draw in Burkina Faso to spoil their campaign, but otherwise uh, performed as expected, losing both to Algeria and winning both over Djibouti to finish third in round two of three. All right. And uh, one of their forwards, Victoria and Adi Bayor, scored a hat-trick. Uh, in their seven-two thumping of Djibouti, it looks like it looks like uh, opposing teams kind of fill up their their boots against Djibouti. I didn't intend to make a pun there. Okay, let's go on to the African Cup overview, and their African Cup record is better for most of their history. That just means their competitive campaigns, uh, because there's there's not much chance of them passing. Uh, they seem to be improving, seemed uh, to be improving in the early 1990s until a withdrawal in 1996 set them back. Uh, 2004 and 2012 were good years, winning at home. Uh, it was not good enough for qualification in the first instance, but it was in the second in 2012. The 2013 qualification was lucky to a degree, and they've been less competitive since. So let's look at their qualifying in detail. And we'll begin with uh, the period from 1970 to 1990. So they first entered in 1970 and they completed three of four competitions before dropping out of six of the next seven. The first was an ugly roller coaster ride. They were gifted the first round when Nigeria withdrew, 
but then they were slaughtered by Ghana, 6 nothing away and 9-1 at home. Uh, despite losing all games in 1972 and 1976, the scores were less embarrassing uh, than those against Ghana. In uh, 1984, their only uh, qualification campaign over the next few years saw them earn a tie against Senegal at home. Uh, campaigns resumed in 1992 after uh, an inconsistent period of attendance. Uh, 1992 being the expansion of the Cup to 12 teams and a group stage qualification structure. So we'll look at how they did that year uh, from 1992 to 2012. So they returned in 1992 to earn three wins out of six in their group and a third place finish in the single qualifying round. 1994 was also competitive, featuring a home draw with Cameroon, um, but they did not enter in 1996 and were disqualified in 1998. It's only from 2000 that they entered consistently, losing knockout rounds to Liberia in 2000 and Ivory Coast in 2002. 2004 saw them winning all games at home, including over group winner Guinea. It yielded second place, which was not an advancing position. Uh, the following qualifications were weak, but 2012 saw a big change in their fortunes. All right, so we'll cover now 2012 to 2017. And 2012 saw them again winning all home games and losing all away for a second place finish. But this time, uh, it yielded an unlikely first place finish over uh, South Africa and last place Egypt. Last place Egypt, did, did we say that correctly? Yes, we did. Uh, interestingly, uh, a miscalculation by South Africa led them to believe a draw would be enough in their final game with Sierra Leone. And they earned that draw only to find themselves in second place. After lodging an appeal, uh, uh, South Africa appealed that the rules were not clear. They eventually admitted that it was their mistake. So a very uh, interesting uh, 2012 uh, campaign where they won over South Africa and Egypt. Uh, qualification in 2013 was arguably unfair, but it worked to their advantage. Uh, teams participating in the 2012 World Cup received a bye to the third round of qualifying, which was the final round. Niger did well to beat Guinea in that third round and reach the cup once again. Uh, ranked in the top 21 in Africa after those two cups, they also received buys in round one and two of uh, 2015 qualification. The third round there, however, was a group stage, and they earned only three draws and finished last. And the resultant performance was similar in 2017, a last place, last place finish in the group stage. So... Um, yeah, they seem to have uh, risen up and fallen down. Let's see how they did in 2019. So in 2019, they bested Eswatini, who changed their name from Swaziland during that campaign. Um, and they snatched a draw at home to Egypt in the last game to finish third in the qualifying group. Um, they lost twice to group winners, Tunisia. Okay, <laughs> kind of uh, re-haunting Egypt uh, there. Yeah. Uh, must have brought back bad memories for Egypt. Okay, so uh, somewhat competitive there, but uh, not successful. How about 2021? So 2021, they were perhaps overrated as the second-seeded team, and it did prove so 
um, as they managed only a home win over Ethiopia. And in the last game, a draw in Madagascar, who finished third. Um, they lost both to group winner Ivory Coast to finish last place in the qualifying group. Yeah, well, they didn't uh, do well themselves, but they did act as a spoiler. Uh, they spoiled Madagascar's excellent opportunity to reach the finals. Uh, Madagascar only needed a home win over Niger, uh, and they had one away. Uh, they had one away 6-2, but uh, Niger uh, managed a draw with them uh, in Madagascar in the final leg, and that condemned Madagascar to third place behind Ethiopia, so creating maybe a bit of rivalry there. Okay, well, we'll take a, a quick look at the players of Niger, and uh, anything standing out to you there? Um, Victoria and Adebayor is the name that stands out as their key goal scorer. Yeah, I got to say, I'm not that familiar uh, with this team. He actually plays in Niger, which again is a, a bit of a surprise because he's uh, 25 years old. And he has 17 games in 46 caps, which is a pretty good record. But uh, unlike a lot of other players uh, uh, he plays in Niger, they have quite a few players uh, playing for fairly big teams. Uh, they have a young goalkeeper who's 19 years old who plays for uh, Anderlecht in Belgium. And uh, they have a few players for smaller teams in Spain and, and really for countries all over the place. Uh, um, Monastir is a fairly big team in Tunisia and uh, they have Yusuf Umaru who plays for them there and uh, Al Faya is a fairly big team I think in Saudi Arabia and one of their forwards uh, Amadou Mutari I'm not sure if he's on the list of recent scorers there oh yeah there in 2019 he plays uh, for um uh, Al Faya in Saudi Arabia. So uh, surprisingly, they have uh, kind of players um, spread out through all the world. I'd say about uh, a third of them play in Niger. All right, that's our quick look at, uh, at players. And let's go to a summary. Uh, okay, so in summary, they've had little glory in their career outside of that 2012 uh, campaign, the qualification campaign especially, with the uh, finishing ahead of South Africa and knocking out Egypt, and the residual uh, of reaching the Cup in 2013. Uh, beyond that, though, success is measured by basically not finishing last in a group or at the game level in picking up uh, a few points in every campaign. Uh, maybe who they take points off is really uh, the measure of success there. And any away points are good for Niger. Yeah, as you said, following that amazing qualification in 2012 and that success in 2013 over Guinea, um, they have finished bottom of their group three out of four times. Only in 2019 did they stay off the bottom, and that was as much because of the weaknesses of Eswatini. Um, so they can't be taken for granted, though, as recent ties um, in um, and not at home to Cameroon and Burkina Faso and uh, is something Egypt is well aware of. Right. Uh, okay, yeah, a bit of a bogey team for Egypt. Let's move on to uh, Tanzania, the fourth team, and we'll begin with uh, their nickname. Yeah, so again, I'm not sure of pronunciation exactly, um, but Taifa Stars, which is Swahili for country, 
and they're also known as the Kilimanjaro stars. Right. Okay. And uh, Tanzania joined World Cup play in 1974, but then withdrew from the following tournament. Uh, they missed two in a row from 1990 to 1994, but they have participated consistently in the World Cup from 1998. Uh, they withdrew from their first entry into the African Cup in 1968 and went on to withdraw from five tournaments up till 1994. Sorry. Uh, from 1996, though, they have never failed to complete a qualification. Uh, in terms of achievement, they have never reached the World Cup, nor even the final round of, quali of qualifying. Um, in the African Cup play, they have reached the Cup twice, and in both cases, they were knocked out at the group stage. Um, they are a large nation, as we mentioned at the beginning, of 61 million people, the fifth biggest country in Africa. So um, they can be considered underachievers. Yeah, definitely. I was shocked when I when I first realized what uh, a big country they were. So uh, a country that size normally is doing a lot better. Uh, let's take a look at their World Cup overview because we didn't uh, we didn't see them in two thousand and twenty one. Uh, we didn't cover them in those previous podcasts. So uh, from nineteen seventy four until two thousand and ten, they did nothing better than making it to the second round uh, knockout. Since then, uh, oh, sorry, since they have dropped out um, of an almost completed group stage in 1994, 2010 became their first group stage, as well as their most competitive, competitive performance, which included a home draw against Cameroon. 2014 was also good and featured a win at home over Morocco. In both cases, though, they failed to reach the final round of qualification uh, and they haven't done so throughout their whole history let's see if they managed in 2022 so in 2022 they were among those bottom 28 ranked teams required to play in that first round the first of three um, which was a preliminary knockout round um, their fifa ranking was 137th while burundi was ranked 148th um, so it, it was predictably a tough preliminary round battle uh, tying both games but winning on penalties um, as the fourth seed team, they started well with an away win against top seed Con uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. And in fact, they were undefeated on the road, uh, beating Benin and tying in Madagascar. However, their home form was poor um, as they beat Madagascar but lost the other two. And so they finished third in round two of three, well ahead of Madagascar. All right. Well, that's uh, uh, really unusual uh, to win all on the road and... Uh... Tanzania is good at home, so if they had just managed to do well in some of those home legs, uh, they would have been in good shape. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take a look at the African Cup. And actually, uh, uh, for the overview, uh, the achievement uh, section above covers the main points. Uh, uh, covers the main points. We've already said it, and all the other relevant information is in the qualifying uh, that we're going to do in detail below. So uh, we'll just maybe move on directly to look at their qualifying in detail. So the first section is 1996, sorry, 1968 to 1990. Uh, as mentioned above, they withdrew from their first entry into the African Cup in 1968. Uh, they actually beat Mauritius in the opening round and then withdrew from round two of two. Uh, 1970 also saw them win a preliminary, this time over Kenya, 
but they lost both legs to Ethiopia, who was strong at that time, in the following round, uh, the, the final round. Uh, a preliminary win in 1974 over Ethiopia, though, was their only further success in the 1970s. And uh, But they went out to Zambia in 1972, uh, Mauritius on penalties in the second round of 1974, and Egypt in 1976. And then in 1978, they withdrew. Uh, but they were back in 1980, and actually uh, they reached the cup for the first time. Uh, that campaign uh, involved trading home wins with Mauritius in round one and going through on goal difference and then besting Zambia in round two. Uh, if that meant an improvement in strength, though, it wasn't followed up in 1982 when they withdrew. Uh, a string of first-step knockouts followed to Uganda in 1984, who they beat uh, in a preliminary the following campaign, only to withdraw afterwards. And then they went out to uh, Sudan um, and uh, to Swaziland in 1990, uh, who they tied twice and lost to on penalties. All right, so uh, that brings us to 1992 when the Cup expanded uh, and became kind of a group stage thing. 1992 to 2010 by Kiara. Yeah, so as you mentioned, 1992 did see that those 12 teams in the group rounds as that main system of qualification. So Tanzania went undefeated at home in the first group round, um, but only one win and losing all three on the road, which did mean a last place finish. They withdrew in 1996, but came back. Um, Sorry, I think they uh, withdrew in to win four of their four. Yeah, that makes sense. There we go. Um, and then they came back in 1996 to win four of their five home games. Um, however, they lost all other games to finish fourth of six. 1998 was a middling campaign um, for a last place finish, which descended into a poor period. They were knocked out at the first step. Um, they lost both games to Burundi in 2000 and Mauritius in 2002. And then um, most games in a group with Benin, Zambia and Sudan in 2006. So their performances in 2006 and 2010 World Cup qualifying campaigns, which acted as the qualifiers for the African Cup those years, um, did not earn them an entry. However, in between, they had a competitive campaign for a third place finish in 2008, finishing ahead of Burkina Faso. All right, and our last and section is uh, recent times from 2012 to 17. So 2012 was a middling campaign for a last place finish and the hurried knockout qualification that was 2013 saw them tying Mozambique twice, uh, scoring late in the away leg to push the matter to penalties. That penalty shootout went to 16 shots, with Mozambique winning in the end. Uh, 2015 saw them beat Mozambique, though, in the first knockout round, uh, only to lose in the second round. In 2017, they were left to contend with Egypt and Nigeria after Chad, who they had beaten away, withdrew. And among such uh, tough competition as Egypt and Nigeria, they did well to even earn a point, uh, tying Nigeria at home. But of course, they didn't uh, beat those guys at the campaign level. Uh, after such a long, flat, and, and sometimes even feeble run of campaigns, 
was any success in the cards for Tanzania in the uh, recent tournament in 2019 and 21. Kiera. Well, 2019 was a peculiar qualifying campaign that saw them best group winners Uganda, but then were in turn bested by the ostensibly weak Lesotho. Um, they exchanged home wins with Pot 1, Cape Verde, who finished last. Um, this makes more sense in terms of home and away, suffering only uh, one tie at home while earning only one point on the road to finish second in the qualifying group. In the tournament, uh, they were completely dominated by eventual finalist Senegal, um, but were unlucky in their narrow loss to Kenya. They also played better against eventual, eventual winners Algeria than the scoreline suggests. So they were unlucky to be grouped with two finalists and did finish last in the group stage. Yeah, uh, but reaching the cup was probably the uh, the achievement there. Uh, let's see how they managed in 2021. Um, so 2021, they went undefeated at home, suffering only a draw with group winner Tunisia, uh, but they did lose all on the road to finish third in the group stage behind Equatorial Guinea, um, but surprisingly ahead of Libya, who was seated second in the group. Yeah, and I just want to point out a, a kind of an interesting exchange with Equatorial Guinea here. They came from behind, uh, so they won the home leg 2-1, uh, where they came actually from behind and, and scored the winning goal uh, in injury time at 90 plus 2 uh, to win the opening game. But then in the uh, away leg, uh, Equatorial Guinea secured their place in the finals, actually, by scoring the only goal of the game at 90 uh yeah so uh they kind of exchanged uh late goals which affected their fortunes there all right let's take a look at uh some of their players uh anyone standing out to you there yeah uh Mbwana ali samata and simon insuva uh seem to be their top scorers yeah uh samata uh joined i think it was aston villa uh, for a while, uh, he was kind of uh, uh, good in that 2019 Cup. I wonder if that influenced him. But he's since uh, kind of moved on, uh, moved on to a smaller team uh, in Belgium. But he, uh, in terms of club affiliation, was probably their biggest player. Uh, they uh, generally, most of the players, I'd say about 80% of them, play in in Tanzania. But they do have uh, a couple of players. Uh, out there. So they have a 20-year-old defender named uh, Haji uh, Noga who plays for Portsmouth uh, in England. And uh, there was one other one. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Simon Suva. Did you mention him? Yeah, he's one of their, one of their yeah. top scorers. I, I, I particularly like him because his middle name is Happy God. Uh, which is very charming. Uh, he plays for Wydad. That's a fairly big team in Morocco. Uh, and uh, another for Genk in Belgium, a 19-year-old who really has just joined the team named Kelvin John. Uh, otherwise, most of them play uh, in in uh, uh, Tanzania, where Azam and Young Africans are the biggest teams. Okay, let's move on to a summary uh so they're a disappointing team given the size of their country uh, they're bigger than uganda and kenya and mozambique but uh, they're weaker than all of those countries and they really haven't had a strong period to speak of uh, even their african cup entries 
1980 and 2019 kind of seemed to come out of nowhere rather than emerging from a period of strength. So at the best, they turn in middling uh, and maybe competitive performance in their better years, but they do suffer much longer streaks of uh, feeble campaigns. Uh, recent years is actually probably their best period, being somewhat competitive, uh, but it's not really much to cheer about so far. Yeah, those recent campaigns are more competitive than their historical average. Um, they were undefeated at home in 2019 and 2021, but owned er but earned only a single draw away over the two campaigns. Um, so that proved enough to get them into the 2019 um, Cup, but it probably wouldn't have been had the Cup not expanded. And then conversely, 2018 saw them undefeated on the road, but then losing two of three at home. Right, and, and that... Uh, that um... I guess, juxtaposition of their 2018 success on the road and 2019 and 21 uh, success at home makes it a bit difficult to uh, pin them down in recent years. Let's take a look at now we move on to part three. So we're edging towards uh, looking at how they've done so far. But we're going to look at the rankings and head-to-head -head records first. And uh, how about the rankings, um, so Algeria does come from pot one and they are ranked 44th with both FIFA and ELO rankings. Yeah, that's right. And that's actually down from 26th in uh, December uh, 2021. Uh, they were 26th in the ELO rankings. Um, but they're all over the place, really. Uh, before, uh, in, in 2019, uh, they were uh, 68th in FIFA. And in December 2014, they were 18th in FIFA. And uh, the ELO uh, rankings are kind of uh, similar, not so extreme. But it does kind of show how up and down uh, they've been. I mean, to put a point on it, uh, in June 2008, in both ranking systems, they were below 100. So a pretty inconsistent team there. How about Uganda? So Uganda is the pot two team and they are ranked 86th in FIFA rankings and 96th in ELO. Yeah, and uh, they've pretty much always been uh, in that range. They did dip below 100 in uh, ELO rankings in 2018, but they were also up as high as 63rd in 2011. But uh, they don't uh, sway around as much as Algeria. How about Niger? So Niger is the pot three team, um, ranked 116th in FIFA, but 150th by ELO. Right, and actually 150th is the lowest they've ever been. Uh, in ELO, they're usually around 130th, and they have reached up to uh, as high as 118th in uh, 2011. But uh, yeah, they'll be looking to kind of improve their uh, ranking. Okay, and last is Tanzania. Yep, our pot four team um, is ranked 130th by FIFA and 128th in ELO rankings. Yeah, right. And they've always kind of been in that range uh, of around uh, 110 to 130. So uh, no surprise there. Uh, they did break uh, 100 in the FIFA rankings in, in 2008, making it up to 99th. But otherwise, they've always been. Uh, below 100. 
Okay, so there's uh, quite a bit of uh, range between them, about 40 points, uh, uh, 30, 40 points between Uganda and Algeria, and then about 30 points between uh, the other three teams in the FIFA rankings. However, uh, in the ELO rankings, Tanzania is actually about 30 points ahead of Niger, uh, well ahead. And so by that, uh, by, by ELO rankings, it looks like it would be Tanzania as the pot three team and Niger as the pot four team. And uh, though we're going to do head-to-head -head before discussions, I'm going to kind of argue that uh, that's right. Like Tanzania seems more like the pot three team and Niger more like the pot four team. But let's take a look at head-to-head -head, uh, first, beginning with Algeria's record against Uganda. Yeah, so um, the record there is two wins, three ties, and two losses. Wow, that is surprising. So they're dead even mm -hmm. uh, there. Uh, they last played, though, in, in uh, the 2000 African Cup, so that record is a bit stale. Nevertheless, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. How about Algeria versus Niger? So Algeria does have the strong winning record there with five wins, um, no ties, and one loss. Right, and uh, no surprise there. Uh, most relevantly, they, they played in 2022 World Cup qualifying there, and uh, they had two big wins, 6-1 and 4-0 over Niger. So uh, we can guess they won't have much trouble with Niger here. Algeria versus Tanzania? Uh, again, Algeria has come off the stronger of the two with three wins, three ties, and one loss. Okay, well, three ties is pretty good there for uh, Tanzania, so maybe they will be able to uh, get something off Algeria, probably at home. Although they did tie them in Algeria in 2012, and uh, their most recent meetings were both in 2018 and 2019, so the record there is two wins for Algeria and one draw uh, in Tanzania. Okay, how about Uganda and Niger? Um, so the record is two wins, one tie, one loss. Right. And their last meeting was in 2010. Uh, they have, uh, uh, they might meet in a local cup, but uh, we're just looking at major competitions here. Uh, Uganda and Tanzania, the neighbors. Yeah, um, quite a few meetings. So four wins, three ties, and three losses. Oh, that is pretty tight. So uh, Uganda just edging it there. Uh, with one extra win. Uh, all of those were actually in the 1900s, except for uh, one meeting in 2019. And uh, if you remember from, from our discussion above, uh, Tanzania came out ahead there, uh, tying in the first game and winning 3 nothing in the second. So that's their most recent head-to-head. Uh, -head. How about Niger and Tanzania? We have no records. They haven't met. Oh, okay, in major competition. All right, well, we're going to move on to uh, a bit of discussion and uh, predictions. So uh, I, I'd say this is a pretty interesting group because of its unpredictability. Uh, you got to have Algeria as the favorite, but they are coming off that embarrassing group stage exit uh, uh, in 2021. And uh, it's not the only time that kind of thing has happened. They were really surprisingly weak in the 2018 World Cup. So they might be vulnerable here. 
Uh, Uganda, who has an even head-to-head -head with Algeria, uh, could be a threat. And uh, Niger and Tanzania are capable of strong campaigns. And uh, Tanzania's recent form, uh, as I said, puts them, for me, ahead of Niger. And I think they're capable of taking uh, maybe some points from the top teams. Yeah, as you said, Algeria didn't just lapse in the 2021 African Cup, but do tend to do so from time to time. Uh, imperious form is possible, but it can't be relied on. And unless they rediscover that here, um, they are sure to drop some points, especially away. Um, and they have dropped points to all of these teams and, and do so in a majority of their meetings with Uganda and Tanzania. Um, so finishing second would be laps full enough, um, although it is hard, though not completely out of the question, to see them fail to qualify. Yeah, well, the top two teams advanced, so it would be a, a bit of a shock if they came third. Yeah. But I, I think uh, definitely they're going to drop some points on the road. All of these teams are very strong at home. Yeah, um, and, and Uganda and Tanzania are both in better form relative to their historical average. Both reached the Cup in 2019. Um, Tanzania bested Uganda there, as we just mentioned, um, but Uganda did finish first. Um, Uganda has the better record against Algeria, so it seems um, more likely to challenge for first or take second place. Yeah, I mean, it would be a very good campaign for them to finish first, but uh, putting in a good challenge would be good. Uh, to me, Niger seems the weakest team, though, uh, despite Tanzania being from pop four. Uh, Elo definitely seems correct. And it's a 30, 32 places that they have Tanzania ahead of Niger. Kind of a shocking difference between the two systems. But uh, as you showed us, they've never met head-to-head, -head, uh, so it's hard to tell. Uh, Niger's form is not as good coming in. Uh, Tanzania were competitive in the last uh, few campaigns they had. Uh, but we do know Niger is capable uh, having won, uh, reached the African Cup in the, that amazing qualification in 2012 and in the Cup after. So uh, um, uh, what's your impression, Kier? Do you have a prediction? Give it to us straight. What do you say is going to happen? Well, I have to agree with you. I think Algeria, Uganda, Tanzania, and Niger is, is how it's going to and All right. Well, that uh, that would upset FIFA rankings and be good for Tanzania. But uh, yeah, I'm the same way. And I see actually second place as the most contentious there. Uh, there is a chance of Uganda upsetting Algeria, but I think uh, there's a stronger chance of Tanzania upsetting uh, Uganda. And uh, I just don't think Niger are going to make a big impression despite taking some home points here. So we're going to move on to kind of an exciting part of the podcast and, and look at the first four games uh, to see, uh, uh, to predict, and then to see how, how it's progressed so far. So we have uh, Niger at home against uh, Tanzania. So uh, for me, I think this is where Tanzania uh, will prove, uh, will prove uh, that they are the top three team. Uh, but all teams in Africa are strong at home, so I think a, a draw may be as much as they could get out of this. And that would be pretty good for Tanzania. Uh, I'm going to say 1-1, one, one, uh, slightly favouring Niger, the home team, although slightly hoping for Tanzania to prove themselves. Uh, do you have the score there? I do. Uh, it was indeed 1-1. One, one. Woo! <laughs> I feel good about that. <laughs> 
Okay, so 1-1. One, one, uh, that gives Tanzania definitely a bit of an advantage, uh, having won, having earned a point away. Uh, Algeria and Uganda. Well, we have talked about kind, kind of Algeria being vulnerable and flopping, but I don't think they're going to do that at home here. It may go the other way where they they come back from that 2021 20, uh, uh, disappointment and, and show how strong they are. Uh, but at home, I don't think they're going to lose. I'm going to say 2 nothing Algeria. You are right again. Oh, my God. On a roll. I, I swear I have not looked at these scores. Okay, well, that puts uh, Algeria in first place after the first round. And now we go to Uganda and Niger. Uh, I think this is going to be a fairly easy win for Uganda. So I'm going to say 2 nothing. So a bit of a surprise with this one. Uh-huh. A 1-1 one, one draw. Ooh, well, that's a good comeback for Niger. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I guess Uganda's problem maybe is taking too many ties at home in games that they should be winning. So that's kind of bad for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll really test Algeria's consistency here uh, in Tanzania, who are, who are uh, strong at home. So... Uh, I think probably the odds makers would have Algeria uh, winning this one, but their historical record actually, uh, Tanzania, I think they've they've taken points more than being beaten. So I'm going to say 1-1 one, one here, and I'm even going to be as bold as to uh, favor Tanzania slightly. Well, as it turns out, it was a 2 win, 2 nothing win for Algeria. Okay, well... That would be kind of expected and a good show of consistency for Algeria. So they're already off to a great start in this group. Do you want to tell us what the standings are after these two games? Yeah. So unsurprisingly, Algeria is on top with six points. Um, but what neither of us would have predicted is Niger is currently in second with two points from, from their two ties. Uh, interestingly, well, uh, interesting. We may be, uh, I may have misjudged uh, Niger there. Uh, I mean, actually, when I first looked at the group, I kind of thought uh, that the three were fairly even. But then after doing, uh, going through all the stuff, I began to differentiate them. But maybe my first impression of, uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying to make my, I, I, I sound like I'm trying to make myself sound smart. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, my first impression just on a quick look was that they were fairly even. And it may turn out to be that way. Yeah. And I mean, right now, Niger, with their two points, it's only just ahead of, of Tanzania and Uganda, who both have one point right yeah, now. So. Yeah, that's true. So uh, uh, anyway, I think uh, uh, having looked at the results here, I think ties, uh, uh, a lot of these kind of third tier teams are kind of defined by ties. Like they do go undefeated at home and their success comes down to whether they can convert those ties into wins. So that mm -hmm. seems to be what's happening here. And uh, probably that the team that does manage to do that uh, will be the team that, that finishes second behind Algeria, who seem well on course to finish first. Yeah. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. And we said we'd give a little information about uh, uh, how to uh, reach those previous podcasts. So if you look at the show notes, uh, you will see that um, there are links to the games. 
and also, uh, sorry, there are links to the podcast and also the time when we talked about that team. And all that can be found at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. Soccerfiles is spelled soccer uh, and files with a PH uh, instead of an F. So soccer files. And if you just search soccer files with the PH uh, Canada, soccer files Canada, you should be able to uh, find us that way. And uh, that is it. Uh, thanks for joining, Kiera. Thanks for having me here. Okay. And hopefully we'll see you for a future podcast. And uh, all the best. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.